This morning's scripture is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. Ephesians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. First Peter. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So is it starting to feel like fall yet? I mean, not based on the heat index or relative humidity, right? No, it doesn't feel like fall very much at all. But if you sort of zoom out to the routines and rhythms of your life, you begin to realize, I'm beginning to realize, that the rhythm is happening, right? I know the, the kids pick up and drop off schedules right now. We're getting back into the swing of things here at the church. We're only two weeks away from college football. Students have returned to the dorms and apartments here at Georgia Southern, and kids across our county are back in school. The rhythms and the routines of life, they're all starting to fall back in place. So while it might not feel like fall temperature-wise, we're starting to establish all of those fall rhythms. And I'm glad that you've chosen to make worship a part of your rhythm of life and your family's rhythm of life. I can't tell you how incredibly important it is for worship not just to be a thing that you do, but to be a part of your daily and weekly and monthly coming and going, part of your rhythm and routine. For the last few weeks, we've been taking a dive into the first chapter of Ephesians, specifically uh, verses 3 to 8 of Ephesians chapter 1. So I want to take a minute just to recap the last two weeks' worth of messages. In week one, Stephanie talked about how uh, we are chosen by God from before the foundations of the earth but that you and I have to choose to be chosen. We have to choose to take that label on for ourselves. God has chosen us, but have we chosen God? Have we asked God to be our Savior and the Lord of our life? We have to choose to live into our chosenness. 
Then last week, we talked about how you are destined to be adopted into the family of God through faith. That if we have faith in Christ, we are heirs to eternal life through Jesus Christ. And when we talk about faith, we're not just talking about those things that we think or those things that we believe. We're talking about belief and obedience. Faith is not just knowing the right things about God, being able to say the Apostles' Creed. And we're pretty well trained on the Apostles' Creed, aren't we, choir? Yeah, we were jumping the gun right on in. It's not just knowing the right things to say and having the right beliefs. It's living in obedience to God's will for your life, living a life that reflects those beliefs, a life lived in the power and presence of God in response to all that God has done and the reality of resurrection. So let's take a look again at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. I hope that by hearing this passage of Scripture again and again and again, that it begins to be impressed upon your heart and upon your life. So Paul writes to the church at Ephesus saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love, he destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he has lavished on us. You get it, right? You are chosen. You are adopted. And this morning, we're going to take a look at, at the reason why we are chosen and the reason why we're adopted into God's family by faith. And it's found right there in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. We are chosen and adopted to be holy and blameless. We're adopted into the family of God to grow in holiness to be sanctified, not simply by our own work, but by the work of God in us and through us. We are chosen, we are adopted, and we are called holy by God. That is our purpose in this world, to be holy, to be set apart for God's good works. Now, to get a deeper understanding of this call to holiness, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. Now, 1 Peter is written by the apostle Peter. That's the Peter who was a disciple of Jesus, the one that Jesus once told that he would be the rock upon which God would build his church, and also the one who Jesus called Satan and a stumbling block. It's okay to laugh at that. He's the chief leader of the disciples, and yet he's the one who abandoned Jesus before the cock crowed three times. Peter's a pretty complex guy. And he understands not only the incredible potential that we have to follow God and to follow God's will, but just how easy it is for us to wander away, to turn our backs, and to go another direction. Peter gets it. He's the rock, and he is a stumbling block. I can tell you that in my faith, there's been moments where I've been a rock, and there's been moments where I've been a stumbling block too. And I'd imagine the same is true for you, that this journey of faith is not always onward and upward, but sometimes it's up and down through hills and valleys. 
If you find yourself moving in and out of your relationship with Jesus, don't think there's something wrong with you. Just remember that you're a human. And Peter understands it. And I understand that. And God understands that. So Peter writes these words to remind us of who we are beyond the labels that the world has given us, beyond the titles that we've acquired in school or been given in school or earned in our work or acquired at our work. Peter reminds us of who we are. So listen again to 1 Peter 2, 9 to 12. Peter says, but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Remember, you've been chosen and adopted. In order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Peter goes on, once, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And you can put parenthetically there, so, friends, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the pagans so that, though they malign you as evildoers, they may see your honorable de deeds and glorify God when he comes to judge. Friends, you are chosen by God, adopted into the family of God through faith, and set apart by God to be holy. You're set apart to be holy. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that you, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, that you are set apart as consecrated unto God. It means that you've been set apart as sacred by God. And because you are God's own people you are called to live differently than the world around you. You're called to stand out and to make your presence known wherever you are. Excuse me, just one second. <coughs> one of the things I like to say is that we're to be the salt and the grits of our culture. You've heard me preach on that before, and I won't dive back into that sermon, but you know when the salt's not there, don't you? And you know when it is there. And it's the salt that brings out the flavor, not only in grits, but in meat and in rice and in whatever it is that you happen to be cooking. It's the salt that gives it the flavor. And you know when it's there, and you know when it's not. The call to holiness is the call to stand out in our culture and from our culture. You were set apart to be holy. That means that you are to be the light of God in the darkness of our world. Your lives, our lives, should shine out in the darkest places of our community and our world. Why? Because you and I, we are the chosen of God, adopted through faith, set apart to be holy, consecrated to God. This is who you are, and this is what God has been doing and calling his people to be from the very first book of the Bible. The story of the people of Israel is a story of God choosing a people, adopting them as his family, and then setting them apart for God's will and God's work in the world. Friends, their story is our story. We are chosen and adopted and set apart for God's holy purposes in this world. Now that's a good spot to end a sermon, but I'm not going to end it right there. Because oftentimes we say things like, be holy, 
And we never really say what that means. But Peter, he gets down in there and he says, here's what holiness looks like. Friends, first, it's abstaining from evil desires. Another way to say that is to flee from temptation or to flee from sin. And let's be honest this morning, every single one of us in this room faces temptation. We have sin that has taken root inside of our hearts and inside of our souls that the Holy Spirit is working to root out, yet it nonetheless tempts us and causes us to fall back into sin. Then we have temptations that are external to us that come to us and draw us away from God. But as God's chosen people, you are to stand out like salt in life, light. And to do that, you have to abstain from your evil desires, from your sinful desires, both the internal and external desires. You've got to flee from sin. And let me give you the secret to doing that. The best way to flee from temptation and sin is to get some people around you, to surround yourself with people who can hold you accountable for both your public life and your private life. Get some people around you that you trust Get some people around you who can speak in to those dark corners of yourself, who can encourage you when you're down, who can hold you accountable when you're walking away from God, and who can draw you back in to the family of God. We need people in our lives who can point out our sin, but can all, who can also offer us grace and forgiveness, who can remind us of God, what God's word has to say about us and encourage us to press on in our faith. Fleeing evil desires and temptations, friends, will cause you to stand out from the culture around you. It will cause you to live a life that is different than those who are around you. But Peter doesn't just stop with saying that we should flee from sinful desires. He says that we also should live honorable lives. Y'all, I've met a lot of people who are great at the abstaining from evil desires thing. They're really good at that. They're just the best at it and you know it. And they love to tell everybody who doesn't live and believe and act or vote like them that they're going to hell. I mean, they say it with love like, oh, bless your heart, you're going to burn, Right? Y'all have never met any of those folks, have you? And they say something terrible and say, God bless you. <laughs> they get the first part right. They're good at abstaining from evil desires, but they fail to live honorably. They fail to live in a way that lifts other peoples up and encourages them. Faithfulness to God and holiness is not just about abstaining from our evil desires, but living a life that draws other people into relationship with God. It means that you live a life of integrity. It means that you live a life where you put the needs of others before your own, a life that is humble and kind, that the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are hallmarks of your character. As Christians, friends, we should be the best citizens and the best politicians and the best people to be around because we're dealing with our stuff our brokenness by fleeing from our sinful desires and choosing day by day to live lives that are honorable, lives that stand out from the rest of our culture. And we do this, we flee from our evil desires 
and we live honorable lives that others may glorify God. That's the end result, friend. It's not so that we can puff ourselves up or have holy huddles inside of the four walls of the church. It's so that others might be attracted to the light and life that is in Jesus Christ. We seek to be holy, not to build up ourselves, but to draw others into God's presence. We order our lives in this way, that others might understand that they are chosen by God, that they can be adopted into the family of God through faith, and that God's desire for them is they would be a part of his holy people too, so that the whole world, the whole world, might know the goodness and the redemption of God. Just think about it, friends. What would it look like if just a few of us decided to live this way, choosing to flee from our evil desires and living living lives that are so honorable among the people we see day in and day out that they're drawn to God? What might happen in our community if our church took hold of that idea that the goal of holiness is to invite others into a relationship with God, that they might share what we know and what they know with the world. Friends, you are chosen and you are adopted, and you are set apart for a purpose, to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. God calls us holy. That is what he has labeled us, that we might call others into a relationship with him. Would you pray with me this morning? Almighty God, the world has called us so many names. We've taken labels for ourselves that have formed us and deformed us. Yet above the noise of our culture, above the noise of the labels that we've placed on ourselves, God, you call us chosen sons and daughters, heirs, and holy. We pray, God, that as we take hold of these labels for ourselves, God, that the work that you've begun in us would come to completion, Lord. That the places where we still have sin in our lives would be rooted out by the power of your Holy Spirit. That your Son, Jesus Christ, would remind us of your grace and mercy, God. Help us, Lord, to be your holy people to be set apart for your good purpose here in Statesboro, here in our homes, here in our families, here in our country, and here in our world. Help us to be a part of your purpose, to be agents of your kingdom, that the world might know of your mercy and love. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.